Praise the Lord. Let him touch you today. Why don't you just lift your hands in this place, Lord? We just need more of you. More of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. Just, just come, Lord, and awaken our city, Jesus. Awaken us. Awaken our city, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ezekiel 47. I'm not going to uh, preach my message. Those that are in the sound uh, media team, I'm, so just follow along in the Bible. Ezekiel 47, Ezekiel 47 shows us a picture of the river of his presence. Ezekiel 47 gives us an indication of this river that we've been talking about this morning. And I don't want, I'm just going to spend a few minutes talking about the river of God, the river of his presence, and we're going to move uh, right into a time of altar ministry. But Ezekiel 47 says, then he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the front of the temple faced east. And the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. And he brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured in verse 3, 1,000 cubits. And he brought me through the waters, and the waters came up to my ankle. In verse 4, and again he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, and the waters came up to my knees. And he measured 1,000 and brought me through the water that came up to my waist. And again he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. It was water that one must swim in, a river that could not be crossed. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? And then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. And when I returned there along the bank of the river, there were many trees on one side and the other. And he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, and it goes down into the valley and enters the sea. And when it reaches the sea, this is referencing the Dead Sea, it says, when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that, that moves wherever the river goes, this is a great verse, and it shall be that every, every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there, for they will be healed. And everything will live wherever the river goes. There is a river that flows from his throne this morning. In Revelation, we see a glimpse of this river, and I want to talk about the river of God this morning. The river of God, the Bible says, first it flows from the altar in the temple. You cannot taste and touch the river of God in, in worldly relationships. You can't find the river of his presence in the bar. You can't find the river of his presence in, in the things of secular society. The only place where the river of God can be found is in his house. The Bible says in Ephesians that Jesus, that the, that the Father is building a temple, a living, a living temple that's being joined. You and I are being joined together, fit together in a living temple to house the presence of the Lord. You and I, the purpose of Celebration Church, the purpose of of our body is that we are being built and joined fitly together to house the presence of the Lord. If you go with me to 1 Peter, you have to forgive me, I'm, I'm not working from any notes this morning or any pre-prepared things, I'm just going with the Holy Ghost this morning. 1 Peter 
in chapter 2 and verse 4 says, Coming to him as a living stone, rejected and deemed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. You and I are living stones. You and I are living, breathing stones that are being built, that are being joined together, fitted together to offer up living sacrifices. In Romans chapter 12, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 says this it says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice you and I are living sacrifices being fitted joint together by the spirit of God to house the presence of God what is our purpose what is our what is how does God fulfill his ministry his purpose in us that we become a house a dwelling place for the presence of God you and I this house becomes a place where God finds rest where he comes and he rests and he settles in this place and we begin to worship him and we begin to adore him we begin to lift him up and exalt him and God is glorified and we we are satisfied in his presence. We begin to glorify him and we find our satisfaction in him. You and I are living stones being built together to house the presence of God. The river of God flows from the temple. It flows from the altar at the temple. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that, that we are being fitted jointly together. That this, that this is a house where his presence will abide. I don't know about you, but I want to be a temple that fully is fully engaged, fully engulfed, fully saturated by the river of his presence. This morning, we're just, we're just getting in on a trickle. We're just, the, the river's just a, just a trickle level this morning. We see here as we continue on in Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 47, if we continue on here, there's different levels to the river. In Ezekiel 47 and verse uh, three, it says, the waters came up to my ankles. He measured a thousand cubits and the waters came up to my ankles. What does that speak of? It talks about the, the presence of God, the river of God affects where you and I go. The, oh, be careful little feet where you go. You remember that song? The, the presence of God affects how we, how we live our lives, the places, to go, the places we go and the things that we do. When you begin to saturate in his presence, you no longer have the desires to go yeah. the places you used yeah. to go. And I'm not yeah. necessarily just talking about physical places. Maybe there's places emotionally. Maybe places that you've gone with family members. Maybe places that you shouldn't be going uh, on, the, on the internet. There's places, whatever it is, the, the river of God will affect where you put your feet. Amen. Good preaching. <laughs> the Bible says in, in, when, when um, God told Joshua to go into the land, he said, every place you set your feet, I will give you. He says, I will give you. Not only does the river of God affect where we go, the river of God affects our influence with those around us. You may think that the river of God and his presence will scare people off. I'm telling you, it will do just the opposite. It will give you favor and influence with people that you and I could never get on our own strength or abilities or talents. And, it's, and not that it's about our influence and our skill and what we have to gain from that influence, but it's about glorifying God again. We, we enjoy him, we glorify him, and we are satisfied. It's not that, it's not that uh, seeking pleasure and satisfaction is wrong. A lot of churches will teach you that seeking pleasure or satisfaction is a sin. That's not necessarily true. 
God created you and I to enjoy this life. God created you and I for pleasure. We are intended for pleasure. But that pleasure was to be found in God. And we have perverted, this generation has perverted that. But if you find your satisfaction and your pleasure in God, I'll tell you, you won't want anything but what God has to offer. We try to find, it's not that you, your, your pleasure seeking is too small. When you try to find your pleasure and your fulfillment and your satisfaction in the things of this life, your, your, your pleasure seeking is limited. But when you begin to open up your soul wide to the river of his presence and say, God, here am I, come fill me, come saturate me, that is what you and I were intended to do. That's why you and I were created. If you go all the way back to the garden, you and I were born for his presence. You and I were created to worship and spend time in his presence. Came up to his ankles, where he went, everywhere he set his feet was affected. Everywhere you go, there should be the river of God following you. Everywhere you, everywhere you set your feet, the presence of God should, have, should affect that place. How, you know, I don't, I don't say this arrogantly, but how, how can Heather and I walk into a service and start off in a service like we did at the beginning? And walk into, walk right smack into this presence. How can, how do, how does that happen? You know, one of the things that people always ask us is, uh, there's something different about you. How does this happen? What, how do you walk into a service or how do you walk into a setting and the atmosphere change? There's a mantle. We've, we've stepped into something. Heather and I, and I don't say this arrogantly, it's the truth. Heather and I have a mantle on our lives. We've stepped into something. We carry revival wherever we go. We carry the mantle of his presence. That's why when we step up in a service and begin to lead and, and begin to encourage people to step in. There is a mantle on our lives that follows that instruction. We're not just giving you good information. There's an experience in our lives that you can count on that you're going to step into. The Bible says that the anointing in Psalms 133, that the anointing of God flowed down Aaron's beard. It started at the top of his head and it flowed down. And that same anointing, that same tangible presence of God that's on our lives, that same oil of the Holy Ghost is flowing into this church. As we go, so goes this church, and we are about revival. We are about his presence. We are about stepping into the river of God. And so I'm telling you, there is a river that is flowing in this place, and you and I have the opportunity to step into his presence this morning. It'll affect where you and I go. It'll affect how we live. And then the Bible says that it, it, it came up to my knees, a thousand more, and it came up to my knees. It affects how you begin to pray. It affects your prayer life. Prayer is no longer, you get down on your knees and you begin to seek the Lord. Prayer is no longer a drudgery. It's not something that you're forced to do or you have to do. It becomes a delight. It's no longer your laundry list of, of things that you're presenting to the Father. But it's, oh God, I thank you that today that you're here in, in this service. Lord, I thank you that you are, you are working on my behalf, that you're working out all things for my good and your glory. God, I thank you that no matter what the circumstance is, fill in the gap, that you are working on my behalf. It's no longer telling God how he ought to respond to your needs. But when you begin to step into his presence and you begin to step into the river of God, your perspective begins to change on, those, on that situation. Your, your perspective begins to change. No longer are you delighted by, by control and your ability to manipulate the situation, but you're yielding to the river of God in your life. 
I don't know about you, but when you step into a river, you don't tell that river how it's going to flow or where it's going to flow or what direction it's going to go. I, I believe that God ordains the flow and the structure of that river. And just like it is in the natural, God is ordaining and orchestrating his spiritual river of his presence. And you and I can't begin to tell God, God, you ought to do it this way. And I think you should do it that way because the river of God affects the direction for your and I's life. It's not us affecting the river, it's the river affecting you and I. And so we've got we've to step out into the river. We've got to launch out into the river and let it come up to our ankles. Let it come up to our knees. The next place the Bible says is that it came up to my waist. Now that's interesting. That it goes from the, the ankles to the knees to, my, to the waist. In Ephesians 6, Paul says that we ought to gird your loins with the, with the belt of truth. Why is that? Why do we have to, why does our why do our loins have to be affected by the presence of God? Because of this reason. If how many of you know one lie doesn't just stop at one lie. One lie begets another lie. And the minute that you begin to become intimate with a lie, it reproduces in your life. The minute that you become intimate with a lie, it begins to reproduce in your life. So you have to begin to gird your waist with the presence of God. You have to begin to gird your waist with the truth of the word so that those lies don't reproduce. And how many of you know you begin, you start one lie in your life. Maybe, maybe it's as a child, maybe as a young child, someone told you that you're, you're ugly and you'll never amount to anything. And that lie, you begin to believe that lie. And now as an adult, that cycle has formed and you don't even realize you're living your life based off of a lie that was told to you maybe 20, 30, 50, 60 years ago. But that's the nature of lies, that it, be, it produces a cycle of lies in our life. But when you become affected, when you and I get into the presence of God and we're affected by the river of God, those lies get exposed, they get washed away, and the truth of God gets girded around our loins. So you and I need to step into his river this morning. It, it may look a little funny because when you get into the river, if you've ever been out to the, in, in a river swimming, you, when you step into the river, you can, you can get your feet in and, and still stay a little cute. You know, you can put your feet in and, and, and not get quite so messy and, and, and still be cute. And, I, and a lot of church people do that. Well, I can get in just a little bit, but I want to maintain my dignity. I got I to gotta maintain my honor. I got I to gotta look cool. I got to look good. I can't let other people think I'm one of those messy, foolish Christians that roll around on the floor and laugh and pray in tongues and carry... Y'all hear what I'm saying this morning. And so maybe if I can just get my foot in, I'll be okay. Whew. But when you start getting out into the river and it gets up to your waist and the presence of the Lord starts increasing, I'm telling you, the presence of the Lord can increase. There are degrees, there are levels to his presence and it can increase in your life. And when it starts to increase, when his presence, when the Holy Ghost starts to increase in your life, are you hearing me this morning? It's hard to stay cool. It's hard to, how to, it's hard to keep your dignity. It's hard to, it's hard to stay looking refreshed and, and, and picture perfect. When the presence of God starts to affect you and, and, and the, like the waters of the river that begin to flow, you get a little messy. That water starts to mess up your clothes. It starts to maybe shuffle you around a little bit. Instead of walking in a straight line, you might start walking a little drunken. Instead of anybody hearing what I'm saying this morning. Lord, let the river of heaven flow through this place. Let it increase. Let it increase. Let it increase, Lord. Let it increase. <laughs> Woo, she caught up a sobra bande. 
<laughs> and again, verse 5, he measured out a thousand. And it was a river that you and I cannot cross. This is our goal. We want the intensity of the river of his presence to reach a point that you and I come into his presence. We live in his presence. That it is a place that affects every aspect of us. It's over our head. It's uncrossable. Jesus told the disciples, if you go with me in Luke 24, at the end of Luke 24, in verse 49, it says, Behold. Everybody say, Behold. Behold. Oh, that wasn't everybody. Everybody say, Behold. Behold. There we go. That was better. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, he says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. We get a picture here in the end of Luke, in Jesus' final discourse to his disciples. And again in Acts 1, we get a picture of of eternity past with Jesus and the Father. The Father sits down with, with the Son and says, Son, if you'll go, if you'll, if you'll go and redeem fallen man, if you'll become the sacrifice for fallen man, uh, we're going to create man and they're going to fail. They're created beings. They're going to fail, but we're going to have a plan for redemption. If you'll go and redeem them and purchase them, not only will, will they have fellowship with you and I, but I will pour out, I will send the Holy Spirit upon them and restore full fellowship, full communion in my presence, just as it was where you could step into the Holy of Holies, just like the high priest would come into the Holy of Holies with his presence. I'll baptize them in my presence, and they'll have the ability to come to live and to come boldly into my presence like never before. And, and, and Jesus and the Father made, made an agreement. Jesus came. The, the, the promise, that's what the promise is. The Father made the promise with the Son and said, I will go. Jesus said, I'll go and I'll redeem them. But sal salvation is only the beginning. Salvation is only the beginning of our Christianity. If, if, you're, if you pray and you're born again and you're living a born again life, you're going to heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. But God intends for you and I to live more than just a natural life being born again. He wants you and I to live a supernatural life full of the Holy Ghost power, full of the presence of God in the uncrossable river of his presence. He said, don't leave Jerusalem. Just like stepping into the river, don't leaving Jerusalem, don't leave Jerusalem means give up your control. It's you've got to yield your control today. You you can't be in control and be in the river at the same time. You have to step full on out there and, and allow his presence to overtake you. It means giving up your preconceived ideas. I can't tell you how the river's gonna flow and what it's gonna do and what's in the river. If you go out to the Mississippi River, I can't tell you what's all in there. I can't tell you the direction it's gonna go or what it's gonna do. I just have to get in and allow it to take full course in my life. And so it is with the presence of God. I can't tell the presence of God what it's going to do, how it's going to go, or what it's going to look like. But you and I have to step full on in to the presence of God and let him have his way in our lives. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? Give yield to the presence of God in your life. He goes on to say in Ezekiel 47, and everything, everything, everybody say Everything. Everything will live wherever the river goes. 
everything will live. It's fi- I find it interesting that he uses the term that, that every living thing will live. Seems like a, it seems like an oxymoron or a double standard. That, that everything will live wherever the river goes. It's talking about living creatures living again. That wherever the, wherever the river goes, you and I are sitting in this room breathing. Hopefully everyone in this room is breathing this morning. If not, we may need to call the paramedics. That was a joke. Haha, you can laugh. But the Bible says that where the river goes... It makes living things live. It makes what's alive live. When you begin to plant your roots and allow them to go down deep along the banks, when you begin to get in into the river and, and, and allow his presence to affect you, it causes new life to begin to flow through you. And maybe you find yourself here this morning like the Dead Sea. The Bible says in Ezekiel 47 that the river of his presence, the river of God, flowed into the Dead Sea. The Bible uh, says, that, or I'm sorry, the, the, uh, the, the Dead Sea is so full of salt. Maybe some of you have been there. But it's so full of salt that it, things float on it. That It's so dense. It's so dead. Nothing can live in it. But the Bible says here in Ezekiel 47 that when the river of God, the river of his presence touches it, it becomes alive. It's made alive. And maybe you're sitting here in this room this morning and you are, you are fundamentally dead spiritually. You are here breathing and living physically, but spiritually you are dead you find yourself like the Dead Sea and things are just floating in you. It's, there's no life. There's, there's no spiritual life. There's no spiritual exuberance. I, I talked about a couple of weeks ago that the, the Word of God and the presence of God preserves us and keeps us fresh. And some of you uh, look pretty sour this morning. And the presence of God, that's the Dead Sea. And He wants to come and remove that sour look off your face. He wants to come and remove the sour look out of your heart and bring fresh new life. He wants to cause new life to flow in you again. You say, well, I'm not good enough, and I, I don't have it together, and I, that's okay. The river of God can touch you right where you at. Doesn't, there was no qualification here in Ezekiel 47 that said that you had to, they had to build a dam to make the river flow. They had to build waterways in order to do it. Nope, it just flowed. The river of God just flowed, and that's what, the, that's what the presence of God will do in your life. If you will yield to his presence, he will come in and flood you with new life this morning. You may be sitting here in church, you've prayed the prayer, you've done all the right things, but you're still spiritually dried up and crusty. The river of God can come in and touch those hard, crusty areas of your life and bring new life to you this morning. We have a joke, Heather and I joke all the time, an ongoing joke, that some of you may need a spiritual laxative. You look so bound up that you need a Holy Ghost. I know, I said it in church. I'm so sorry. Some of you look so bound up, you need the Roto-Rooter handiwork of the Holy Spirit to come loosen you up and get those pipes flowing again. Hey, it's, it's in Genesis. The Bible says that Isaac had to redig the wells of his father Abraham because the Philistines had come and thrown rocks in him. Some of you look like you're pretty rocky. You need you need an, you need an Isaac to come alongside. You need the joy of the Lord. That's Isaac's name means joy. You need the joy of the Lord to come unstop some of those wells in your life so that the rivers can flow freely again.